0: Uh, you can just jump on whenever you you need to I think we are on Facebook now so hey guys good to see you good afternoon Um, if you live in Byron Center maybe you don't have power and that's why uh, Pastor Joe is, (laughs) is calling in but he's he'll be he'll be joining us shortly we'll give you a minute we'll let you get on we're excited to hang out with you this afternoon and and check in a little bit We, uh, as, as we already shared, we do have a, a special guest today. So we'll get to him in just a minute. Let a few more folks get on.
1: Currently there's two, so that could be just you and me.
0: That could just be us, you're right. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let them get on. <laughs> Oh, my goodness.
2: But think about all the podcast listeners later, gentlemen.
0: <laughs> all 28 of them, man.
2: I'm going to get on there and just keep listening over and over. I'm going to put it on repeat somewhere just so we get more listens.
0: Hey, we got we got four people now, so we're rocking. We're rocking and rolling. Yeah, let us know if you're hanging out. Say say hello.
1: We got Nick Jones with us.
0: Oh well what else do we need? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so funny. Um well while we're waiting, Joe, while you're getting situated, I, I do want to be able to, to get to our guest and so first um I just wanna kind of capture everything that happened last week it was our second week in the book of james together as a church um it sounds like um folks are connecting with that and digging in really encouraged by the fact that people are uh picking up journals and going to small group you guys at small group on wednesday right jason i i heard that was good yep it was great yeah it's good uh it's good to uh, to just kind of see people dig into that. I'd love to hear if you have thoughts, if you're watching, um, what uh, what you're connecting with in terms of, of James, what's been sticking out to you, especially as we are looking at this book through the lens of, um, you know, uh, like how, how does this speak to our current moment and the way the scripture is, Uh, guiding us and showing us what it looks like to have a faith that works. Um, So yeah, I'd love to hear from you, your thoughts. And uh, we're just rolling into another week. One thing that we're really excited about this week that is a a first-time thing that we're uh, fired up to just bring some folks into is we're going to do a webinar, and we're going to be talking about uh, something that actually I think you're going to be preaching on not this weekend but in the weekend after jason which is just the realities of uh poverty rich and poor in our community and the bible has lots to say about that and um we're we're digging into that it's relevant right now and um it's something that we're going to be hearing preached on but this week we're really excited about the ability to create an avenue for some folks to be able to to learn and so maybe you've been hearing about our our caring for community calls and um, you've, you've wondered about those and, and thought, you know, is that something for me? And we've had quite a few folks say that they're interested in that. Uh, but maybe for you, that's like, that's a lot to jump into. But you wanna hear more and you wanna be instructed. That's what we're gonna be offering. And so, Jason, before we uh, get on to our guests, let me just ask you and Joe, if you're still with us, I gotta remember that you're calling in. Um, just from last week, our meeting Thursday with the Caring for Community group was there anything that's just kind of sticking out to you guys that's still resonating with you
1: um i think for me it's just how um there's already some boots on the ground and just ministry is um really happening and some energy and excitement around those things um and then also um when um can I name her in this, uh, what she shared? you think that's okay?
0: Uh, sure, share whatever you want to share.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, when Carmen just shared kind of a dream. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Uh, that the Lord has laid on her heart and uh, and then just shared it with everybody. Uh, that's just really encouraging that people, you know, that prayer we kept praying, right? Uh, Lord, right. you know, speak for your servants are listening, and and a lot of us are listening, mm-hmm. and it's just exciting. Um. to to even hear what they're hearing
0: so absolutely yeah the lord is speaking through his people and it's pretty cool what about joe are you with us anything that's hitting you um in terms of Um, like last week what would you share yeah i'm i'm with you and i'm
2: just about to log on to to video you know when i was growing Mm up my mom always said that i had a face for radio so i prefer this (laughs) um but uh but yeah what an
0: edifying thing to say (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny um you don't have to laugh that that's for me uh so you know when i when i think about our caring for community calls i would just affirm what jason said about how refreshing it is to see god's people um you know sitting and listening to the spirit and saying we want more you know and i'm reminded of our sermon series we had this past year of of more and the value of you know, seeking out expectation uh, that the Lord would do more, and I think what He's doing, um, if I could be so bold, is I think that the Lord is working on the hearts of uh, the hearts of all of us and the hearts of this church, to uh, yeah, to explore what that means and to work out, you know, to work out what that means. You know, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like, let's work out what it means um, to live in this way. And uh, and so I just see a lot of processing and a lot of thinking and a lot of just kind of whole heart, body, mind, soul um, application and focus on what it means to be the church and the community. So that's, that's been really encouraging to me.
0: It is really cool. And I think, you know, there's, there's so much with this time that feels like stuff is out of control and our ability to, to respond is, you know, it's frustrating, our schedules are all wacky. Um, You know, everything that goes with that, one of the things that is really helpful is just knowing that God is very clearly using this time to activate the church in terms of uh, what the church has always been called to do. And so yeah, it's been absolutely uh, just freeing to be able to, um, to have those conversations and to think through together. What, is that? what does that look like for us as church? Joe, welcome. It's not a face for radio. <laughs> the real deal. Uh, I'm here. So, you know, um, we, asked, we asked those that are watching along on Facebook just to share some insights from the James series as they're experiencing that very thing, you know, faith that works, faith in action. What I want to do right now is um, I want to bring our, our guest today. You know, last week we had Pastor Tanner Smith. And that was great. We just talked about some ways to um, practice, you know, spiritually in the midst of anxious times. And, uh, and today I want to continue the theme of being um, just being being a people who are active in faith. And so uh, we'll let our friend, (laughs) he's got a soundtrack going. (laughs) We'll let our friend Chris get in here. (laughs) He doesn't know that I muted him though. So Cause he he may not have known that we were waiting for him. So let's see what's he got. Oh, Christopher, how are you, man? You're on mute, which could be my fault. Hey, where's where's that sweet music at, bro? My uh,
3: phone. There you go.
0: Oh, I love it, dude. Where are you right now? Are you outside?
3: I'm in a camper. Oh,
0: sweet. A camper in
3: my driveway. Uh i don't have an office so i I, uh i set up my pop-up and now i have an office
0: i love it that's um that's off-site work right there (laughs) dude well uh you you guys know pastor chris chris just i don't know if you know this or not we're streaming to facebook live right now man so you are oh wow you are live you are live and hello universe Hello. The whole world, at least 22 people from it, are hanging out with us right now. And um, we we were just talking a little bit about how this week we've got this webinar planned. And we thought, who better to give it a, a great promo other than uh, one of the guys we're going to learn from primarily this week. So tell us, what can we expect on Thursday, Chris?
3: Well, I can tell you, I... I had, uh, quite an experience going from, you know, middle-class dude to doing ministry among the poor. And it took, uh, it took quite a bit of learning and, um, uh, um, learning of humility primarily that came by God. Um, but also quite a few people who are more experienced and maybe a little bit more mature than me sort of came alongside and helped equip me to do this kind of work and, um, One of the most helpful tools that I found that the most helpful is the gospel. Um, uh, Galatians, Acts, you name it. There's a bunch of books that you can read um, that help you through this stuff Uh, and dealing with people who are different than you, maybe cross cultural ministry. Um, Besides that, the most helpful tool was this framework for understanding poverty. Once I was given a framework by which to understand the culture of poverty, it helped me understand my own culture a little better. And it helped me minister better to people who were in a different culture than I was. Uh, it basically gave me a toolbox to work with before I was just sort of stumbling around like a blind man. But to have this toolbox uh, was enormously helpful. And I'd, I'd like to be able to share that with everyone.
0: That's really exciting, man. So tell us um, if someone's wondering, why, why does this matter to me? Um, you know, why, why should I make time on, on Thursday? your answer as a pastor, as a person who's walked through, what what would that be, bro? Well, we have these um, two commands you've probably heard
3: before, love God, right, and then love your neighbor. Um, In this season, we have a lot of our neighbors who are struggling, and um, especially those who are, um, you know, not professional people, who don't have a college degree, Um, uh, folks who are Uh, Not making much money, low-income individuals before this mess, they are really struggling right now. Uh, In many cases, they're not coming from jobs where you can telecommute and do this type of stuff. Uh, If you work in a warehouse, it's kind of hard to work from home if you work in a warehouse. Uh, And uh, if you've ever tried navigating unemployment or social services, you can know that's uh, at best frustrating, at worst um, kind of a headache. Uh, And it just seems like this is a season for the church to be able to step in and put our arm around people who are really hurting.
0: I love it, man, that's really helpful um, because it seems like these things, especially now you mentioned it just in passing, but I know in some of the other work you do, like this is a profoundly increased time where there's a sense that everything that's going on in the world is showing us uh, the inequity and, and the stuff that maybe we don't wanna see, maybe we don't always see, you know, one of the, I heard somebody say um, a while ago, you know, this virus is such a great equalizer. Well, in a lot of ways, it seems like that's not true at all, that the disparity is proven uh, even more. So I'm just even curious what your direct experience with folks who are walking through some of this stuff in the midst of everything that's going on right now, what What are you thinking about as a pastor, a guy who lives and loves a community that has a, a broad range of, of you know, uh economic realities I'm just curious what's kind of stirring in you
3: the thing that jumps out at me is through this season it's um my my daughter's bringing me a cup of coffee I've got the best daughter in the world
0: oh does she know
3: she's you rock (laughs) thank you you rock thank you fantastic live coffee delivery um what a deal yeah if you work out of the camper you get free coffee service it's great um People um, who are struggling, low-income individuals, especially those who've experienced generational poverty, um, we're kind of venturing into their world, into their experience. Uh, There are folks who have, as far back in their family tree as they know, have never experienced anything the kind of stuff we're going through now, where it's hard to find a paycheck, where it's hard to figure out where the toilet paper is gonna come from, uh, where you're not sure um, if you're gonna be able to get something good and healthy for your kids to eat, or if you're just gonna have to rely on you know, bag of Cheetos from Speedway. Um, a lot of us are starting to feel a little bit of what it's like for uh, people who have struggled generationally. This is just their normal experience. And I, as I think uh, we're getting a taste, it, it's it's not cool. Um, it, it's, it's not good at all. And for those of us who maybe have some financial resources and, and social infrastructure to help us out of that, we know that this is probably going to be temporary and we're going to be okay. But Reality tells us that there's going to be a large portion of our segment of our of our neighbors who, you know, when we go back to normal, it's not going to be a whole heck of a lot better. Um, And so I think it's a good thing for us. I think this is a good opportunity for us as the church, especially, uh, you know, sort of a middle class white suburban uh, church to kind of get a taste for how the rest of our neighbors uh, experience life every day. What's normal for the people who, you know, we may not hang around with. These are the people that serve us in the restaurants. They're the people who help us at the hotel. They're often people we don't interact with because they're doing the jobs that um, um, people with a college degree wouldn't do. Well, they're having a hard time and they're really struggling. And I think we're getting a taste of that. And hopefully it gives us um, a sense of, a greater sense of empathy for the struggle of what it's like to go through life when you have little resources. Because the bottom line is, if, um, if you don't have a whole lot in the way of income, uh, life is really hard, like it is really hard, um, and and I, I hope the church gets a sense of empathy from this this whole mess that we're in right now.
2: You know, on, on our calls, uh, Pastor Chris, you had mentioned you had mentioned you had told this story about um, I won't I won't regurgitate it, but it's it, it you know it's better told by the source anyway. But you told a story about helping kind of immediate needs and then helping more systemic needs. And so oftentimes I think that we, instead of ready, aim, fire, we kind of fire uh, ready, aim. And I- I'm wondering if you could just talk to us a little bit more about, you know, some of the ideas that you shared on our Thursday calls um, about listening and what it means to listen to those who are in, uh, to our, in these situations, in these, difficult, uh, in these difficult environments, in poverty, whatever it might be. Talk to us a little bit more, expand a little bit more about what it means to really listen and to hear what the needs are.
3: This idea of um, Christian community development is based on, (coughs) excuse me, asset-based community development. It's sort of starting as your starting point, assuming there are assets in the community. What we tend to do is we start with deficits, is we look at need first versus the assets that are there. And that leads us into some danger. So as an example, if you look to the global South, if you look to Africa, over the last three decades, we've seen global, global poverty reduced greatly, like to the point where we can realistically say it's maybe within our, our generation's grasp to see global poverty as we know it eliminated. If you would have said that to somebody 40 years ago, they'd laugh at you. Well, what happened was for a long time, Um, The church and well-meaning people, um, we see a need, we start with a need instead of seeing the asset, and we say, well, how can we fix that need? And so, okay, these people are hungry, they're going through um, a season of, uh, where they're not able to harvest their crops, they're starving, we need to give them food. So we give them food. And what happened was, instantly we saw this um, attitude of sort of, oh, someone just shows up and give me food. I guess we don't need to farm anymore. And so suddenly there's this culture of dependency that's created. And we were doing that and we were spending millions of dollars to do that type of work. And somewhere along the line, some very smart people said, hey, what if we um, swim upstream a little bit and say, let's stop looking at the symptoms and say, how is it that we got to this point where you have one season where uh, there's no rain and suddenly a whole uh, region is hungry? Maybe we can fix that. Maybe we could start digging some wells. That's sort of systemic thinking, right? And so um, because of that type of thinking, we've been able to swim even further upstream and say, okay, well, it looks like uh, you just don't have food. So the problem is you need food. And the people would say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The problem isn't the food. The problem is we don't, have, we don't have clean, steady water. Irrigation would be really cool, right? To be able to have clean water would be really cool. That'd be really helpful. We listened, we heard what the real problem was, and now we're starting to implement systems That can eliminate that type of hunger that we that we saw as normal before so that's sort of an example of um of the good of what happens when christian people show up look for the assets in the community versus the deficits and say what's god doing here um there are people here who love this community there are Mm. people here who've been in this community for decades uh there's that person who lives on the street they've been cleaning up their neighbor's yards for for many years Um, there's that person who has been a part of the school board forever or they help uh, the PTA run even though their kids graduated 20 years ago. Our communities have those types of assets and what's dangerous is with the church is we sort of see a need from the outside, we come in with our perceived solution to that and we could actually end up doing more harm than good and in some cases we create these um, cycles of dependency which actually does more harm than good and so I think we really need to focus on looking at the assets. Like what's there? What's God already doing? And then come in as, as listeners, as humble people who recognize that I'm not better than anybody because I have a college diploma and I have my stuff together. I am no better than my neighbor who's struggling
2: to get by, whose yard is a mess. So my follow-up to that is you had mentioned um you had mentioned addressing global poverty and kind of coming from assets or coming from a position of abundance that God has given us so much. You know, there's there's this great this great book um, and it's by a guy named uh, Peter Diamandis. He's he's uh, kind of this techno op- optimist t- type of guy. You know, think Elon Elon Musk, uh, techno optimism. We're going to solve kind of the world's problems with technology, science, those sorts of things. You know, I think that's a worldview that it has some interesting ideas to it, but is ultimately empty um, in the sense that there's also just so many spiritual needs um, in in communities, including in the global South and and in communities around us. So can you talk maybe where some of those generational spiritual type things that people are hungry for? Well, we, um, as Christians, a worst
3: case scenario for us is we stop breathing and then we get to be in the presence of Jesus forever. That's not a bad worst case scenario, is it? For our neighbors who don't believe, that's not the case. They, they maybe cling to some idea that, you know, there's a better place that they're going to someday or they can be an angel one day and get their wings. But if we read the Bible um, and if we believe what the church has believed for 2,000 years, we know there's a very, very terrible reality that awaits those who don't love mm. Jesus, who don't worship Jesus. And so um, when I talk about addressing Um, our greatest needs, Jesus came and addressed our greatest need, which was uh, our rebellion, our tyranny against a holy God. And uh, he addressed that. And so he's, you know, because of the work of Jesus, the reconciling work of Jesus, now we're, that relationship with the father is restored and and he's restored the relationship we have uh, with our neighbors and he's creating a family. He's crafting together a family, knitting together a family by the Holy Spirit called the church. That's our greatest need. And so as a church, I think we always have to keep an eye on that. Um, it's great to feed people. We need to feed people. It's great to make sure people have housing. I work for housing ministry. People need housing. At the same time, that's not our greatest need. It, it's a perceived need. It's real. It's, you know, it, it causes major problems, and we need to address that. At the same time, a nonprofit could do that. a secular nonprofit could do that. The government could do that. You know what what they can't do is to bring the gospel to proclaim and embody the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the job of the church. We are Jesus's chosen agents of reconciliation in this world. you and I together as a body. That's this world's most powerful need, most urgent need. So that needs to be a part of everything we do and so that's why uh, I say it's not just a matter of showing up to a hungry person and giving them a Bible track. It's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I need to look at my heart. Why am I doing what I'm doing? The motivation of my heart truly matters. Because if I'm just doing stuff to make myself feel better, if I'm just doing stuff to you know, make my neighborhood look a little nicer, that's, that's not gospel motivation, right? Uh, we're supposed to be people who are living out of overflow. My cup overflows right that's who we are we're people that are so loved by god that we have to do something about it because i'm a loved person i need to love people and and that takes the form of actually being a humble listener and saying you know what is your real need i I see what i think your needs are but chances are i'm wrong what are your real needs and often what i find is it's not some program uh, it's not some big investment what people really need are relationships and that might be the toughest thing for us to give. It's easy to write a check. It's easy for us to show up and do a day of service. What's difficult is to be there every day, to lo- love your literal neighbors, right? When their dogs don't stop barking, when, you know, when they're standing something in the middle of a, a Zoom call. Um, it's hard to love your literal neighbors, right? Um, you can't just show up and be kind and move on. Like you're there every day. That's what we're called to. We're called to the long game as Christians. We're not called to a day of service. We're called to being there. That's, to me, that's the, that's the big opportunity we have is the church, because we have not been doing that well. We haven't been doing that well for the last, uh, I don't know, how many decades. Uh, What we see is on Sunday, we have a very segregated body. We have upper middle class people meeting over here for an hour. We have Um, middle class people meeting over here we have uh, people who don't make much money meeting over here we have people with um, brown skin over here we have people who speak spanish over here we are completely segregated on sunday which tells me that's probably reflection of what's going on in our lives every day right Uh, chances are we're not rubbing up against people who are a whole lot different than us and so what that tells me is the patterns of this world are to separate and that's not the message of the gospel right the gospel is to unify, to reconcile. We are ministers of reconciliation. So that means we need mm-hmm. to be seeking people out. How do we do mm-hmm. that in this season? I think we need to really think through that because we have a lesser opportunity to do that now. But it, it's not like uh, we get a free pass and say, oh, well, COVID-19. Sorry, Lord. I know I know I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but COVID-19, I'm just going to hang out in Netflix for a couple of weeks.
0: Chris, I love what what you're sharing, bro, and um, this is just the world we live in right now, where another friend of ours that you know, Pastor Rudy, uh, is here, and I said get in the Zoom call. Rudy, I don't know if you're listening uh, to what we're talking about here, but we'd love to hear your reflections on some of the things we're talking about. You've been able to follow along, bro.
4: Bro, I'm a horrible steward. I cannot lie. I'm on another Zoom call right now, <laughs> and it got a little. You're bit just
0: not- in demand, is what you are.
4: It got it got a little bit not interesting, and I I just jumped in on your guys real quick just to say what's up. What are you guys talking about? What's I just, up? I did just send him a text saying I got to step away for about five minutes. So, in all transparency, you know.
0: Well, we know you're telling the truth. So, if you guys, if you don't know, Pastor Rudy is one of our. Um, One of our mission partners, he's pastor of uh, Reformed Church of LA and they're doing uh, amazing things in their community. And so we've got Chris on here, taking us to school, man, on um, what what does it look like for us to be the church in this season? And um, Chris is actually gonna be, uh, Pastor Chris is gonna be doing some teaching for our church on a webinar. Uh, this Thursday evening. And so we're just kind of setting people up for that. We'd love to hear from your experience in you know, the urban center that is LA. How are things going? And what are some ways that you see opportunities the church has to be the church right now from the place that you're uh, living and doing in ministry, Rudy?
4: Uh, first, thanks for letting me hang out with you guys. Uh, I feel a little intimidated, you know what I mean? So much wisdom and knowledge and, and here comes little old me. Um, but I just preached on this um, two days ago you know, that uh, the church needs to be the church, not, 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 not when times are good, not when things are being celebrated, but especially in times like this, because we are God's agent of change and restoration in a broken and dying world, amen, so um, I, I preach from Acts two forty-two to 47, like, let's imitate the very first Christian church, what did they do, they were dedicated to studying the apostles' teaching, they were dedicated to the fellowship, and, and sacrificial fellowship, right, not just, the, not, not punching cookies, but but the kind of fellowship that costs something, where people were willing to sell their possessions, and their belongings, to make sure that nobody uh, had need, that that nobody was uh, you know in lack of anything. Uh, they shared tacos and house to house. That's the Mexican standard version of the Bible, by the way, right? They shared tacos from house to house, uh, you know, and 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 they praised God all the while, and they enjoyed the favor that God gave them. The reality is, when we do what we're supposed to do, God is going to give us favor with people, right? And and it would be dumb. It would be dumb. It would be silly and bad stewardship to not take advantage of that advantage that God has given us, right? And whatever that looks like, you know. For us, uh, we replicated what the Compton Initiative is, is doing, and we started here in Linwood, and we just do ridiculous stuff. Like, hey, how can we help the city? You know, we see a need, we try to fill it. You know, if we see a hurt, we try to help heal it. Um, it's just jumping in, you know, sleeves rolled up, ready to do in jump in and do what we got to do whatever that may be you know but the main thing is just being involved with everything one of the things i've learned in the hood is that the hood don't care about what you got to say until the hood knows you care about it you know uh and when they see you out there involved with everything that's going on and they see your presence more than just once in a while for a photo shoot you know what i mean like they they start to understand like hey this dude really does care about us you know maybe we gotta listen to what he says and that's when we just bam him with a two-by-four with the gospel upside the head you know just over and over and over and beat that drum
0: i love you see you didn't even you didn't even know what we were talking about but you just perfectly underscored uh everything that we were just talking about is that we're doing this not just for a photo op but we're doing this um so that we can share the good news is gospel motivated as you were saying pastor chris rudy i know you got another call to get to i would love to ask you while you're here any way specific that Corinth or our churches can be praying for uh, RCLA just real quick before you roll anything we can pray for you guys specifically
4: yeah for sure we've taken a hit financially Um, right now a lot of people are giving to us not but we're not using it for us The, the, the city has a bigger need God has given us favor like I was talking about and he's just bringing us alongside so many people where we are Reaching the immigrant population that doesn't qualify for a stimulus check, that doesn't qualify for unemployment benefits, that are probably the first to have lost jobs that work in the hospitality industry. Um, our seniors are being cared for. Our families with young children are being cared for. But there's a huge gap of people in the middle. You know, we're in a community of um, you know 80 plus thousand, uh, 95, 99 percent you know Hispanic. Maybe one third to a half of those are undocumented. So just that we would continue to steward what, what, what the Lord has given us, opportunities, resources, food and clothes to be able to bless them. We're having a couple of really, really big food distributions that are growing even more. Um, that we would be able to steward those opportunities and relationships well so that people would know we care about them. So they will listen to us when we talk about, about Jesus.
0: Awesome. Pastor Rudy, we love you, man. Thank you. We're going to pray for you and uh, you got other stuff to do so we'll let you go but thanks for just dropping in on us man that yes. was awesome what a treat i got
4: to get back to the zoom call guys
0: love you guys i right, <laughs> love you too man i uh, love yeah. you man uh, pastor chris let me let me throw back to you uh, e- even in that i think with what with what rudy just said it's so uh, it's so obvious you know the this idea of gospel motivated service so this is the question i want to ask you you're a pastor you work in this space you know all this stuff Um, just experientially, you have probably more insight into the realities of what we're talking about here and what we're going to talk about in depth Thursday night, than um, at least the the other three of us on this call. Um, so, you know, our church, you know, our context, you know, Corinth, you know, the people that be watching this, uh, you're a church planner in the area. If you had the resources of a church like Corinth at your disposal um, the, the ability financially, the ability of people that say, I absolutely want to serve some of these folks that you've met through, you know, our caring for community calls, things like that. What would it look like if we could kind of reverse engineer? What is, what is the dream for a church right here in West Michigan doing everything that you're talking about here? And I would just love for you to paint the picture for us to latch onto it. Well, I guess at the personal level, it's, um,
3: everybody lives next to somebody. Everybody works with people get to know them. First and foremost, like you need to know their name. Uh, You need to get to the point where they have refrigerator privileges in your life. Okay. So think of who who in your life can just walk into your house, open your refrigerator and take something out. There's probably only a handful that it wouldn't weird you out if that were to happen. Well, as Rudy described, the work of the apostles was a whole lot of selling your stuff. Like everybody had refrigerator privileges in their life. Uh, That was the truth. We need to get to that point. And so I would say everybody, whether you live in Hopkins or Byron or Caledonia, whatever the case may be, who are your neighbors? Draw a map, put your house in the middle, put the names of the people in those houses. It's, it's, It's really not rocket science. Get to know who they are. And in these times that might be a little more difficult, but I guarantee you, you can find a way to connect with these people I'll find out who they uh, how, do. They have kids. Where do the kids go to school? Um, what are their hopes? What are their dreams? The kinds of things that you you know you get to know someone you love. We're supposed to love our neighbor. A lot of that looks like getting to know them. That's first. That's first. Um, I get honestly, I get requests for help multiple times a day because people know that I I guess I I can help people in different ways, or I I've got a big Rolodex and connect you to somebody. We don't have a lot of answers. I wish I could tell you I have a lot of answers. Food, I think, yeah, we can, we, can, we can probably feed people these days. We're doing okay with that. Housing is a huge need right now. It was a, the housing market was a disaster going into this. It's only gotten worse. It's only gotten worse. Um, we need housing. I just got a request this morning for a, a, a woman and her mother who are looking for an apartment they can afford. They're in a very unhealthy situation. They call me, Chris, you work in affordable housing. You got something? I said, no. ICCF has a waiting list of hundreds and hundreds of people right now for an affordable place to live. If you're not on that waiting list, I don't have any ideas. That's a big deal, man. Like I don't know many churches who could even talk about affordable housing as something that they could be a part of. I look at Corinth. I look at your property. I look at uh, some of the folks that make up this congregation. I've, I've seen some of your guys do work, uh, construction work. You guys showed up for a day and did work, blew me away. Showed up with a bobcat and like a, a ditch the witch. The ditch witch has forever Seriously. left
0: an impact on ICCF. Even right. I know what a ditch witch is, man. Right? Yeah.
3: Like that's sweet. I know they're capable at Corinth of doing big, hard things. Not all churches can do that. Corinth can Um, So when you look at those big needs, housing, food, um, um, relational support, those are the big three. I know Corinth can do that.
0: That is a really compelling and exciting picture. And so amen to that. And I I know we're really looking forward, Chris, to Thursday night from learning from you and some other community leaders that are going to be in dialogue with you and people from our church even. And so listen, you don't have to pay anything. You don't even have to sign up. Just put the link in our comments, uh, 7 p.m. this Thursday. We're going to hear from Pastor Chris and some others talking about understanding, interpreting poverty in our community, our call to action. And um, man, if Corinth is your home, you're watching this live now or later, I hope that you're as fired up as we are when we hear that. So Chris, thanks for taking some time out of your afternoon to hang out with us from the tent. It's awesome, bro. We love it. And we're really looking forward to, uh, to Thursday night, man.
3: Me too. It's going to be good.
0: Awesome, brother. We'll see you then. We'll let you go and we'll wrap up here. Thanks bro. Guys, any, any final thoughts on, I mean, that wasn't even planned to, uh, to have, uh, Rudy there hanging out with us that was just kind of impromptu fun you know Pacific and uh, Eastern lined up for the first time like ever um, (laughs) in the story of his Zoom call and uh, that was cool but what's hitting you guys as you hear like that's really compelling vision from Pastor Chris just to think about even how our church could do some stuff what's resonated with you?
2: I I just think that uh, I think Corinth has just such a rich history of a rich history of kind of that just do it sort of attitude of getting getting your hands dirty, um, getting in and and building and creating and just natural skill sets um, to help without to help really physically with those needs. But then also, you know, how can we how can we envelop other <clears throat> other people in Wyoming um, and in our own communities? Like Pastor Chris said, you know, he said put take uh, an eight and, a half, eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper draw your house in the middle. What's all the names of your neighbors? You know, that is, that's something that we've uh, challenged ourselves to do in, in our house um, and how to live out the gospel uh, in that way. And, you know, Rudy, Rudy had mentioned it too. It just dovetailed so nicely. It's cool how the spirit, spirit did that. Um, but Rudy said it too, you know, what, what are the needs in your community? And, uh, and he, he mentioned, you know, handing out, and out food and creating relationships with people and i just love it It just starts there right starts every day saying waking up and going this is this is my mission today is to is to invest in in my neighborhood and to invest in the kingdom in that way so i just love that jason what do you think man
1: yeah um i'm really actually really excited because i think um a lot of times when a church becomes comfortable they start looking inward uh, and looking at themselves and going well, how can we make this best for us? What's some things that we can craft for us? Um, and I think right now the Lord is challenging us um, to look out, uh, whatever it is, maybe the season or whatever's just going to go in our community. The challenge is for us to look out outside of ourselves, look in our neighbors, and look in our communities um, and listen well and to not just fix the problem or whatever. I mean, that. Chris said it way better than I can say it, um, but what is the assets that we can look at? How can we help um, our community, help people that are, that are struggling? Um, and Corinth is so well-resourced to do a lot of that. And uh, that's because the Lord has blessed us. It's not because of anything we've done, but it's because of the Lord. And uh, I'm excited what, that can, what can happen with
0: that. I love it. Well, Matt, we had an extra special guest. Uh, I don't know, we should just end it here. This was really good. And so uh, just, yeah, reminder folks of Thursday night, 7 p.m. webinar that you don't need to get a Zoom link or anything. You, you literally just go to our CorinthReformed.org slash live link that we use for Sunday morning. You get to tune in. Really hope that you seriously... Uh, take time to be a part of it. Pastor Chris is going to be leading that time. And you can tell he is uh, articulate and can speak to these things uh, quite powerfully and from experience. And so it's going to be really good. Seriously, make make a plan, stream it like you would a normal Sunday morning church service. Um, we're excited about it. And obviously the Lord is doing something. And so we're, we're fired up. Uh, guys, it's good to hang out with you for a little bit. I think uh, we'll end it there unless there's anything that you have that needs to be shared. Okay, well, sweet. Well, to all those that joined us today, thanks so much for coming and appreciate you taking time to hang out. And for those who watch it later, hope you're blessed by this as well. We love you. We'll see you you, uh, tomorrow at noon for uh, worship and prayer on our live stream. We'll see you there.